podcast includes a homily and then space to respond with a time of music. In this podcast, Michael Radcliffe explores the theme of following Jesus in the complexity of our contemporary world. Drawing on the lectionary readings of Ephesians 1 verses 3 to 14 and Mark chapter 6 verses 14 to 29, Mike explores how our baggage becomes a barrier to experiencing God, and in particular Jesus, which requires us to reach beyond our self-obsessions and preoccupations. This podcast was recorded in the Eucharist service on the 15th of July 2012 at the home of the Moot community at the Guild Church of St Mary Aldermary. Music was performed by Peter Thomas and Kira Lauver. Well now, this is my first homily as a layperson and what a corker of a passage to start with. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. Frankly, the one about John the Baptist being beheaded would have been easier, but no, it's Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. Reading it through today, uh, in preparation for today, I felt an increasing sense of panic. Um, It appears to be riddled with redemptive theology and its meaner cousin, sanctified redemptive violence. We've got a redemption, a predestination, an inheritance, and a name it and claim it. This is all by verse 12. Um, No wonder no one else wanted to do the homily. It's not until we get to verse 13 before Paul even mentions the Holy Spirit. Finally, a bit of the Trinity, hallelujah. How do I even start to talk about this? Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Paul's letter. To borrow a phrase, what am I doing reading someone else's mail? Uh, But let's take a step back from all that before I give myself palpitations. Um, I did what I always do in this kind of situation. I I spent some time with some art. In this case, a poem. The poem is called Fisherman's Daughter um, by Daniel Lanois, who's probably more famous for his music than his poetry, but it's it's a good poem. I laid awake a whole night long, waiting for the sun to beat down on my head in this broken bed. I laid awake and dreamt of ships passing through the night, searching for shelter, stopping at no harbor. I heard the screaming waters call 60 sailors' names, raging words pounding on the sail like an angry whale. I felt the iron rudder skip, the smell of seeping oil, the heat of slipping rope. Failing hands, failing hope. Every sailor asks, asks the question about the cargo he is carrying. God's anger broke through the clouds and he spilt the cargo for all to see. The fort of the sailor, the fault of he who asks no questions about the cargo he is carrying. Fishes and tails, and a fisherman's daughter. Walks in the rain, she walks to the water, to the sea. I wonder how much you ask yourself about the cargo you are carrying and the effect it has on both yourself and other people in the community. Do you say, oh well, that's just me, when difficult relationships happen? Or do you think about maybe stuff that needs to be different next time? It can be theological baggage, of course. It can also be family baggage or broader relational baggage. And I guess when we look at the Ephesians passage, we tend to bring a lot of theological baggage to it. I tend to ask a lot of questions about the cargo I'm carrying. Some might say too much. 
But sometimes I wonder if there are some people who never ask any questions at all. And sometimes I think that that's probably a bit worse. It's funny how sometimes it's possible to shipwreck an entire community with just one person's unexamined cargo. I've always loved the fact that our rhythm of life has acceptance as one of its main points. Let me read it out to you again. Acceptance. We desire to accept both ourselves and other people as they are and to allow people to say what they believe without fear of judgment. We want to create a safe space where people feel welcomed and at home. We hope to learn from all those inside and outside the community. I remember once sitting here next to David Harris uh, during the piece. We'd shaken hands with, sort of with the people immediately next to us. Um, we were sort of shuffling around nervously as you do, sort of going, shall I go over there? David leaned over to me and said quietly, I'm never quite sure how far to go with the piece. And I replied, I think a handshake is far enough. <laughs> um, I came across this passage in the Northumbria Community's Celtic Daily Prayer book last month, and it certainly gave me pause for thought. It is because of the refusal, the refusal to be vulnerable that far too often, instead of enjoying, enjoying friendship and intimacy with those around us, we find ourselves jousting with each other, using our talents, achievements and strengths as weapons. We tend to be, to be vulnerable in the true sense does not mean that someone must become a doormat, a weakling, devoid of all pride, going out of his way to let others know all of his faults and weaknesses. Nor is vulnerability to be confused with the idea of letting it all hang out or any other form of psychological striptease. To be vulnerable is to be strong enough to be able to, pres to be present ourselves without false props, without an artificial display of our credentials. In brief, to be vulnerable is to be strong enough to be honest and tender. Like Jesus, the person who is vulnerable is a person who cares enough to let himself be weak precisely because he does care. As we build our community here at Moot, as we attempt to create a hub here with the host cafe, and as we try to be real with each other and present to God now, perhaps we need to ask how far we are willing to go to ask questions about the cargo we are carrying, to ensure that we really do practice acceptance, but also to draw our attention to God. Community is made of such things, most of the letter to Ephesians is about how the community manifests itself, and I've spent a lot of time talking about community because the larger part of Ephesians is about that. But Paul chooses to remind the readers of this, uh, to remind the readers of this letter right at the top that everything starts with the encounter with God. Uh, for those of you expecting some sort of exegesis, either in favour of redemptive theology or against it, I'm not going to give it to you. If you're interested in any of those things, then I'd really recommend the monthly Living the Questions event run by Richard and Ian, uh, which is really good, and the next one is on the 31st of July. But I think we can see that Paul did want to start this letter with a reminder of what's important, a reminder that these people had started being a community because of a relational encounter with the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit. Paul wants to bring their attention back to Christ as a means of unifying and encouraging the community. Of course, <laughs> the, the irony is not lost that in our broader contemporary church culture at the moment, 
the context is that a passage like this is used to exclude people as a means to decide who's in and who's out. Paul's uh, reminder to the church of what we have in common has been used as a tool to exclude and partition instead of an invitation to embrace, love and live community. The fault of he who asks, asks no questions about the cargo he is carrying. I find mindfulness as a practice to be so important for learning to put your focus in one place. And to be clear on this point, mindfulness is not a means of being away with the fairies when life has become too much to bear, but a means of sharpening your ability to be present now. And that includes being present to those around you and to God. Paul has plenty to say about community, but he begins by sharpening our focus on Christ. When was the last time you had a real encounter with Christ? The invitation to the Eucharist represents a real opportunity to do that right now. Sometimes the cargo, cargo we are carrying represents a real hindrance to being present. How many times have I been physically to a Eucharist but not mindfully present to it at all? More to the point, how much have I forgotten all about those encounters with God the minute I walk away from the altar and out back into my working life? In a minute, Ian's going to introduce an activity that hopefully we can use to recommit ourselves to Christ. And perhaps this time, as we come, maybe we can be here with a greater sense of openness, mindfulness, expectancy and wonder. I laid awake a whole night long, waiting for the sun to beat down on my head in this broken bed. I laid awake and dreamt of ships passing through the night, searching for shelter, stopping at no harbour. I heard the screaming waters call sixty sailors' names, raging words pounding on the sail like an angry whale. I felt the iron rudder skip, the smell of seeping oil, the heat of slipping rope, failing hands, failing hope. Every sailor asks, asks the question about the cargo he is carrying. God's anger broke through the clouds and he spilled the cargo for all to see. The fault of the sailor, the fault of he who asks no questions about the cargo he is carrying. Fishes and tails and a fisherman's daughter walks in the rain. She walks to the water, to the sea.
to the Moot Community Podcast. If you'd like more information on who we are and what we do, please visit www.moot.uk.net. Mm-hmm.